First of all, I um, would like to, we had, uh, there's two people that are dear to me that have uh, passed away um, to our, um, Charlie Whitaker, um, who has been a Buff fan for years and years and years, um, passed away of pancreatic cancer a week ago. He worked all our practices. You might have seen him when he came out there. He always had a great smile and, um, you know, he's looking down on us now. Um, and then um, my first couple years here, um, Tom Kinsler was our beat guy. And, uh, you know, you, you meet a lot of people in my business. Um, and But uh, as I heard people talk about him, it was very true. And as I talked to him and met with him, I was always telling my wife he was such a genuine person. Uh, he told it like it was. He was a, a true journalist, um, but he always had a great heart. And uh, I know Tom um, has his uh, burial tomorrow, I believe, and uh, just wanted to make sure that um, said our condolences to their families and tell you how much I appreciated them. Um, so I'll talk about football. We've uh, had two days of uh, practice uh, that it's, it's gone well. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're just running around after what I call pajamas. It's not really real football yet. So uh, they're having a good time uh, doing that. Tomorrow we'll put on shoulder pads and helmet. Uh, the, you know, this football team, we have a lot of returning football players that are extremely hungry uh, to be successful. You see that helps in practice, that helps in their, their enthusiasm and their, also in their uh, ability to, to listen and have intensity in meetings. All of those types of things are the focus that you need to be a, a good football team. Uh, so I see that sense of intensity and focus um, that in younger teams, you don't always, you're always having to get them going. Um, in an older team, you don't have to do that when they're, when they're doing it right. And we have excellent leadership on our football team and we're excited about our next day of practice tomorrow. Um, so I'll take any questions from there. Coach, I know Cepho was medically cleared in June. Was there any point before that where you started becoming confident that he was going to be good to go this fall? Well, there's always, I talked to the trainers, I would say every day about all our guys, but Cepho was always on the list. Um, and uh, he was making all the benchmarks of how that progresses. Um, going through, this is the seventh one I've gone through as a, as a head coach. Um, it's funny, I don't remember ever a Liz Frank back when I played or any other time. It's kind of a new injury type, so to speak, in a way. Um, maybe it was just a broken foot then. They didn't know exactly how to fix it correctly. Uh, but uh, everybody that I've um, dealt with, they've all had different scenarios. Um, but the good thing about it, he had one pin go in. It was a clean break. You know, when you have two pins or so in there, I've, I've had problems with those guys being able to get back on time. Uh, but he's, he's made all his benchmarks. He's done everything he's asked. Uh, you know, he even trimmed down some more as far as um, um, lost a little body weight, gained a little more muscle. Um, so he took advantage of the situation. Um, so he's going in great strides. We have no, no issues so far. I don't even know if that's wood, but I need to knock on wood for sure. Can you talk a little bit about what his return means for the confidence and the attitude of, of the team in general? Well, I think you can just, uh, they elected him a captain again, you know, and uh, that was uh, very impressive. Uh, you know, he's, he's a three-year captain. That's only been done twice in the history. The last time was 1893. So there's been a long time in the past that someone's been felt that way about a young man leading them. So that's huge. I think that answers the, the question on the leadership side of it. And then the football side of it, you know, he's broke 75 records. 
Uh, he'll make about 15 or 20 more this year. Uh, our football team has caught up with him. You know, as the, um, as the quarterback and the head coach, you always take the brunt of everything, and then you always take all the good things too, the accolades, which all the accolades aren't really yours, and all the brunt of it's not really yours. And so I think that, that the quarterback position, being a young man um, that's kind of um, carried everybody on his shoulders and, and uh, always battled and be very, very physical player. Um, he's extremely um, mentally tough too, that the guys respect him. And I look for him to have an excellent year. Um, you know, his sophomore year, he, he threw the ball well. Last year, he was running the ball really well. He had hurt his shoulder where he couldn't really throw during the week. So that threw, threw off his accuracy, even though he's the most accurate passer in the history of this school. Um, I think that this year he'll put it all together and have a phenomenal year and walk out of here is, uh, where, where he should with his, what he's earned and um, with victories that he needs to get. And I'm excited to see him do it. Coach, with Seppo in mind, there's been a lot of talk from the players every offseason about how much harder they work improvement. Mm -hmm. We've talked about having a more veteran team this year. What have you seen the offseason in the first couple of days of camp? That might give you some inclination that finally this is the year when you guys do put it all together, from Cepho to the defensive mm -hmm. line, the linebackers. Well, I think it's all a process, and it builds on top of everything. You know, and you know, I'd, I would, I'd like to go out and run a marathon tomorrow. But once I started running, I'd break down about the eighth or ninth mile, right? As you keep working at it and building at the progression. So they just built it in layers. And now they're at the point where they believe they can do it. They see they can do it. And it's not only in their words, it's more in their actions than it ever has been before. And I think when your words turn into actions, that's when results start happening more often. And I see that. Coach, um, what yeah. can you talk about? Coach Chevrolet bringing to the team here. He's a former player, had plenty of success. Went to pro, came to, comes back here as a co-offensive coordinator. What kind of leadership is he bringing to the team? Oh, Chev brings uh, excellent leadership. Number the first thing when you meet Chev, um, you'll see his passion uh, about Colorado, but you'll also see his passion about football. Uh, you know, football is, as you know, the old saying, but it's it was it's extremely important to him as a young man and kind of gave him, the, it has given him the opportunities uh, to be successful that he has, playing pro football, now making a living coaching it. Uh, he has, he's very passionate about it, very hungry about it. He also uh, loves um, coaching receivers and the offensive side of the ball, really enjoys that. Um, he brings a great expertise in that area for us. And, you know, he has, uh, the, the young man can see the passion he has uh, for the University of Colorado. So I think he brings about three or four different things to the table for us. Coach, among the yep. fans and, and media as well, we've heard the phrase bowl or bust for this fall, uh, maybe being kicked around. Do you feel like that? Do you feel like this team, this program needs uh, to secure a bowl bid this fall to take it, you know, continue taking a step forward? I've heard that since the first year I got here, really. Um, I, you know, when you haven't gone to a bowl in a while, uh, that's always the first thing set up. But our, our goal for our players is tomorrow's practice, and, you know, we want to win every game we play. We really do. Um, and I definitely feel like we have the opportunity to do that. Um, so hopefully at the end of the year, all of that will take care of itself um, as it goes. But um, it's all each day as you go through it. Coach, can you talk about the importance of that opener against CSU, A, being the rival school in the state, but, but also these being college kids, how important is that momentum to get going quickly uh, after games? <coughs> 
Well, the, you know, the opening game is always a lot of fun. There's always a lot of hype on any opening game everywhere in the country. Um, and so that's, that's always exciting. But when you play a rival the very first game, kind of at a neutral site, so to speak, it makes it it's a, it's a unique experience and puts a little bit more hype on it, a little bit more emotion on it. Um, so I think that, you know, playing that football game is a big deal. It's one that our guys hear about for 365 days a year. Um, you don't hear about every other game 365 days a year. So that puts the other side of it, and that makes it more of an emotional um, tie to the game than, than most games. Back I'm wondering, as you look at this program as you've developed it, um, what, what have you seen up front, the offensive and defensive lines, in terms of kind of, kind of catching up to where you want it to be in the development along those fronts? Right. Well, offensively, you know, in, in uh, 2014, we had the least amount of sacks in the Pac-12. Last year, we had the, the most sacks in the Pac-12. Uh, a lot of that was predicated to injuries. Um, we had quite a few injuries, most I've ever seen um, on an offensive line since I've been a head coach. Um, vice versa, you could look at Stanford. The year before, Stanford got a lot of guys hurt in 2014. Didn't have quite as good a year. Last year, zero. They kept the same five offensive linemen the entire year in the continuity. Um, is big. So we have Jeremy Irwin coming back, who I think is an excellent, excellent player. You know, we could never really get over 285, um, which you really wanted to be in the 300s to be able to anchor. He's now 308, um, doing really well. Um, you know, we have um, uh, all the other guys have started multiple starts, which is good for us. They've all gotten stronger. Uh, we've also added Timmy Lynott into the mix, who I think is an excellent player. So I feel like that our offensive line it is, is, is good. I feel like it's very good. I feel like they have a lot of experience, um, but we still have to stay healthy there. Um, our, our guys behind that, we have some young redshirt freshmen that I think are going to be really, really good players, but hopefully I don't have to put them in the fire the third game for the rest of the season like we did last year with a couple of those guys. So I think that the offensive line is going to be excellent um, in that category with the, with the first seven guys. Um, defensively, I think that we are um, big, strong, physical, and, and tough. I think that when we line up, all our, our, we're too deep in the, in the front there that I think are excellent, you know. Uh, so I'm excited about those guys. They're big, you know. I think we average about, I don't know, Platty could tell me exactly, but I think we average about 6'3 and a half, about 295 across the front. Um, and, uh, that, and so we're, we're, we're good. Our outside linebackers who you would consider in the front, you know, um, Derek McCartney's now 250 something. He's six foot four and a half. You know, Jimmy Gilbert's two forty something. He's six four and a half. They played a lot of football, so we're a big, intimidating front um, now. Which, when we first got here, that wasn't the case. So I'm excited about those guys. So I think up front we've made strides um, that we need to make. Coach, you we've talked about your junior and senior classes, one of the biggest group of upperclassmen we've had here for mm -hmm. years and years and years. You've seen their influence as far as leadership out on the field during practice, uh, during the weightlifting sessions and things like that. Are they, are they taking charge? Yes, I, I have seen their leadership. They are definitely taking charge in a, in a lot of different ways, um, so to speak. They, they have taken charge in the meeting rooms. They've taken charge in the weight room, out on the field. Um, they do a lot of talking that I don't have to do anymore. Um, so that's, that's a good thing. And uh, it's kind of like when your kids get a little bit older, you don't have to tell them no, they know what to do, they kind of go in the right way, they know where to go, and all that type of thing. I see that um, with, these, with these young men. Uh, and then at the same time, 
Uh, I think they do have a chip on their shoulder. You always hear that, um, but they really do, and they, they've stuck with this program. Um, that was one of the things that I noticed when I got here, um, you know, percentage-wise, how many people had been bailing out of here since 2004. It was unbelievable. And these kids have stuck through it all. And to have the highest APR in the history of the school, which is a big deal, um, to have the most juniors and seniors, I think since 2001, I believe that's correct, and I think we have the most starts since 2005 or whatever. Returning starts, the most ever, right? Most ever. So we have built a team, and that's how you develop a program from the ashes. You, you, keep, you get people that stay here and believe and compete and keep going, and uh, hopefully they'll rise out of the ashes this year. You no longer have a full-time special teams coach. How have, you, how have you got about you know allocating those responsibilities? Right. You know, full-time special teams coaches really just came into existence in college football probably about 10 years ago, where everybody kind of a lot of people had them. Most of the time, and there's still quite a few teams that run their special teams um, by position coaches and different things like that, um, offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. So what we've done is we've broken it down within our team, and we have coaches that have been special teams coaches before on staff. We have coaches that have coached different special teams in their career a, a tremendous amount. And what it's done to me is it's put more emphasis with that more emphasis on each member of the staff. Now the staff is totally involved in it. It's not like one guy's kind of doing it. You know, everybody helped before, but when you have your more at stake in it, you're going to put more time into it. You're going to be more concentrated. You're going to have, the players are going to be more committed. So I, I have um, seen that um, already um, through spring and the first couple of days that we've been here. So we'll, we spread it around with our staff and. Uh, um, and do that. And then we uh, uh, hired a quality control um, young man, Matt Thompson, who's always been a kicking guru. So he's um, able to, uh, he breaks down all the stuff for the special teams, does all that. So he really understands um, kickers and punters and long snappers. So that's our expertise area in that area. Coach, can you talk about the selection process with your captains this year? Last year you ran a different kind of format. This year you guys selected five players and several being for the third time, which ties the school record. Mm -hmm. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um, we, uh, I had everybody that's been in our program a year and a half or longer and has played a full season. So really none of the freshmen were voting in this because they really don't know all the guys all the time. Didn't want it to be a popularity contest. So anybody that was a year and a half or longer in our program uh, was um, able to uh, vote. Um, the, we set up criteria, the players did. Uh, for what they were looking for in a captain. It was open balloting. It wasn't handed on a piece of paper and nobody knows. It was stand up who you vote for, that type of thing. Um, so it was interesting um, how they did it and how we did it. And uh, they've, it's given those guys, uh, to me, a lot more teeth. And also the young men um, that weren't voted captain, um, the players talked, they talked and said, why we wouldn't vote you a captain. So they know to what to learn on and what to work on. Um, it was kind of, it was really a neat moment um, in the way they did it. Coach, going back to the age and experience, obviously that brings so much optimism to this team. Does it change the expectations and pressure on the players, yourself and the organization at all? And how we're no, we, reacting to that? Uh, this is a great question, but we always want the expectations high. Um, that's why you do what you do. We play in the best conference in America. People argue that, but it goes back and forth, I guess, every year on what people think. 
so the expectations are always high for us. Um, the expectations at the University of Colorado are always high. I mean, there's a great history here. And uh, so I think that that's something that they know they step into. I also think it molds you as a person. When expectations are set high in the, in the academics, um, in the social atmosphere, the way you have to behave, and also on the football field, which is your job, if all those expectations are high, it is, you know, you're, you're making yourself into a diamond. You're turning into that. It's that pressure, if you can handle it when you're 18 to 22 years old, you're also going to be able to handle a lot of other things um, when you get out of here um, in life. So uh, we, our, our team embraces that pressure, and we do too. Coach, after last year and after the last few years, what sort of things did you identify personally as a coach that you needed to improve on? What do you think you've made the biggest strides on uh, during your career, but also specifically mm -hmm. since last year? Well, you're always constantly evaluating yourself. Um, and so, you know, every year you want to you want to improve different areas. You've, you've never, ever, ever arrived. Um, and so you're always tweaking. But the, also the thing that happens is every team is a little different. Every year is a little different. Every situation is a little different. Um, and I, I think that um, one of the things that, um, that I've tried to improve on consistently is making sure I listen to the staff, hear all the input, make sure everybody knows they can have open input, um, and, and then try to rationalize and figure it all out what's best for the program and for the team. I think the other thing is also um, making sure that you have your team get closer and closer together. And there's a lot of different things you can do with that, um, a lot of different ways to do that. And so uh, those are some, a couple of things that I'm uh, working on to try to make sure that we do better this year to help us in certain situations. Coach, kind of along those lines, you mentioned- If you ask my wife, there's a lot of things I need to improve on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned kind of the maturation and growth of this group. There, also a group has been so close to winning so many times. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of manage that pressure and expectations as a coach? Have you changed how you talk to them? Have you increased kind of that pressure a little bit in terms of, okay, they've been, you, you've been growing up from these ashes. Has that changed at all in this, in this last year? This uh, yes, it has, um, but I'm not going to tell you all the things I tell them. <laughs> um, I don't want it to be on bulletin boards all over the place. Uh, but yes, and, and also as as young men mature or anybody matures, you can talk to them differently. Um, they should be able to, quote, go from eating soft food to solid food. And so the way you talk to them, the way you challenge them, the way they should challenge each other, um, and the, the things that you demand out of them uh, are, high, are a higher stake. And so when you see them reach those demands and reach that level, you can go to the next level. But if they don't reach that level, then you can't go to the next level. And that's what I've seen um, these guys be able to do. Uh, you know, and they're, they're uh, um, you know, they're excited about the year. Um, they um, definitely believe they can do certain things. Now, like I said, you've got to turn words into action. And that's what they want to do. You spoke to the talent of this conference, and obviously the, the offenses in this conference. Um, are some of the most explosive in the country. Given that, how important is the leader you have in your defensive backfield in Gino and what he brings to the table? Yeah, our, our defense, uh, you know, made a big jump last year, which I thought they would, because we had a lot of guys coming back. That being, and now we have all those same guys coming back, and we're adding Josh Tupo to the mix and Addison Gillum back in the mix. and only played two games. I, um, 
I expect us to, to be good on really good on defense. And, uh, you know, Cheeto's a guy that uh, is definitely a leader on defense. Um, he's, a, he's what you would call a true playmaker. And what we'll do with Cheeto is there'll be games you'll see him at certain spots. There'll be games you'll go, wow, where is he over here? And during the game, you'll see him. It's funny, people come up to me all the time and say, golly, he's all over the field. Well, yeah, he is. We put him all over the field. And then he's also a, has the ability to make plays all over the field. So he, he's, a, he's a key, key ingredient in our defense. And we definitely build things around him or, or how we're going to play certain teams according to what their strengths are where we put Cheeto. Coach, you talked about this team has a, has a chip on his shoulder. Is there an edge uh, to their attitude that maybe hasn't been here the last couple of years that they're, they're sick or tired or however you phrase it? I, I, sh I sure hope so. That, that's what I see. But uh, we'll, we need to see it on, you know, on the Saturdays when we show up. But I, I definitely, that's in their mindset for sure. Yes. Good morning, Coach. Morning. You talked about uh, most ever returning uh, starters. Can you speak to the depth in key position players on offense and defense? If somebody goes down, are you confident you've got depth in there to step in, step up? Right. Uh, well, we have on offense, I think we have good depth at running back. At, uh, on the offensive line, I, like I said, I think we've got seven guys that have been through the battle um, that can do it. We have other young guys that I think are very talented and ready to go. They just hasn't been thrown out there in front of everybody yet. Um, so I feel good about that depth in that area. A receiver, I believe we have good depth at receiver. Um, we have a lot of guys that have played a lot of ball there and made plays. Um, and so on that side of it. You know, on defense, I think our, our defensive front, um, there's been quite a few guys on the defensive front that have started and played a lot and their backups. Um, so we feel good in there. Our linebacker, we have the three returning tacklers that three years in a row, they're all back. Um, so there's, there's depth in that area. And we also have uh, Ryan Severson, who's an excellent player who plays special teams, who's kind of, he can play either spot at the linebacker spot. So that gives you, I think, a good too deep that have played a lot of football. Uh, and then uh, in our defensive backfield, we're able to move guys around, but we have quite a few guys that have played, you know, from Tedrick and Ryan Moeller and Akello and uh, Cheeto and um, uh, Isaiah Oliver. And you can just, Afalabi, you can just kind of, we can kind of keep mixing them. So uh, we'll need a couple young DBs to step up in there for special teams and also if anybody goes down. But I feel very talented, feel good in that area. Uh, you know, our, our field goal kicker's back and, you know, he was kicking well last year. He had a little problem on the left hash. Uh, he knows that. We know that. We, we, we feel like we definitely fixed it. Um, he's had an um, excellent first two days and looks good. Our punter's back as a sophomore. Um, and uh, so um, I thought he had kept improving the year, as the year went on last year. He has a very powerful leg. So I think the depth lies there. At quarterback, uh, you know, Cepho. And then behind Cepho, um, we have uh, Steven Montez and Jordan Gerke um, that are battling for the, the backup spot. Steven had a phenomenal spring. I think he has a huge upside. We just need to see if he carries that on um, through fall camp because uh, he's big and athletic. And so if he can keep moving on, if something happened to Cepho, if um, Montez or um, Gerke, we'll, we'll see which one's there uh, for that. Okay. Right, it was uh, two, three years ago, we were, you know, Paul Richardson leaves. Yep. And, oh, boy, how do you fill his shoes? And then, of course, uh, you 
You've done pretty good with that the last couple of years. Yeah. So, so I'm wondering, is there a guy in that receiver core at this point in time that you say looks like he's kind of in that Nelson's Cruz situation where he can elevate his game and kind of become a go-to guy in the back? Yeah, um, the guy I think that has done it in the games out here and has um, kept improving his body and work and have effort and would be Shea Fields. Um, Shea Fields is an excellent player. Um, you know, just need him to, to stay healthy. And last year he was having a great year and he had hurt the ankle on that long 78-yard touchdown pass he met, play he made against Arizona. So uh, um, Shea Fields would be a guy that I think could step up and be a um, top echelon Pac-12 wide receiver. Is there a specific area or position of the game where you guys feel you need to improve this year? Well, every area. <laughs> you, you want to improve in every area because if you focus too much on one area, then another area lets down, so to speak. Um, you know, the, the area offensively um, that we weren't as good in last year um, as we were the year before percentage-wise um, was uh, our ability to score touchdowns uh, inside the 20. Um, you know, we had some big plays. We had some, you know, did some different things. If we will get back to the same rate we were at in 2014, which I think we were around 64% or so, um, then the way our offense is moving the ball will radically change the scoring difference. And so, to me, that area of scoring more touchdowns and then our, our, our field goal kicker being a little bit higher percentage field goal in that area um, will make a huge difference in our team. So that's where, I, I, that's where I'd see a, a, an area. And we, since yesterday was our first practice, the first day, usually don't do that. We went straight to the red zone and just keep working and keep getting comfortable there, keep doing that. And it's not, you can't put a sense on the kids of, oh, you got to score in the red zone. You just practice it more. You just get comfortable more. You know what reading. You kind of know what defenses are going to do down there offensively. You kind of get your system down. You feel more comfortable. All of a sudden, you make the good throw, or you make the the right run, or you make the right call, because we've done it, practiced it so much. So I think if you emphasize it, you get the results. So that's an area we've um, tried to uh, make sure we emphasize even more. Coach, of all the incoming freshmen, is there anybody who you think you'll be able to use and will be able to make contributions right off the bat? Well, it, it's too early to tell. I think all of them are very good athletes. They have bring a lot to the table. Uh, so we've been two days. You really don't know till they get in pads, out there a few days, and there's these big men hitting them and beating on them. <laughs> you know, how, how are they going to handle all that? Some guys are able to handle it quicker. Some guys need a red shirt, and then all of a sudden they pass up the guys that played earlier. It's all a, a process, but it, it's too early uh, for me to say that. I won't be able to tell you that till the week we're getting ready to play Colorado State, really, after we've kind of gone through a couple of scrimmages and, and seen how it all unfolds. Back here talking about the, the, the upperclassmen, and obviously right. kind of helps the learning curve. But I wonder, you've got a, a fourth-year starting quarterback like Zeppo, who's seen it, done it, you guys have done everything with him. How much more accelerated or how much more pressure or responsibility can you put on him from an offensive standpoint? Wow, he, he can handle a lot. The thing that he has gotten really good at in, um, in games is being able to, to change plays, see things, understand what's going on, um, and you can tell him something right on the sidelines. You can even tell him something in a series. Hey, you know, look for this, and he can get it. When you're a young player, all you're trying to do is get the snap, get it handed off, get it thrown to the right guy. You don't see the whole picture, so you're kind of tunnel vision. Now he's, he can see everything. So we're able to do that with him during our course of a game, during the course of a series. 
Um, he'll even know if we call something. Well, we have talked about it during the week. Hey, if we call this, this is what they're doing now. We're seeing it. And you, he knows, okay, wow, that's why we're calling it. I got it now. So things like that you're able to do. If you were in the pros, you could just tell them in the headset. And they were, hey, here's we go. They're doing what we talked about. So it's hard to do that as much in, in college because you, you're going, you don't have anything to talk to them with. It's all by signals. And so sometimes you can call them over in between a play and tell them. Uh, but uh, he's able to handle a lot, um, and uh, we expect him to. And he does too. I don't think you can really overload him, so to speak. Is that a hook? Is that a hook? <laughs> Any other questions? And I'll throw out an obvious one. Hold on, hold on, hold on one more back. Yeah, true. Go back to, to Seth a little bit. Yep. Um, I, I saw he was talking about this the other day about end of games making plays as compared to making mistakes or not making a play. Um, how, do you, how do you help a quarterback in those tight situations in the fourth quarter in a red well, number one, we, we practice it quite a bit. Number two, the players around him got to make some plays. And, and number three, he just needs to stay within himself. Not try to go, I've got to make this. I've got to just stay within what's happening. Give what they take. And give they, take what they give you and, uh, and play ball. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of like, to me, the, the three-point shooter that says, I've got to make the three-point shot. I've got to make you know, just. If he's just playing in the flow of it, it's in the system, and boom, he's open, and it goes. So I think it's the same way with him. Just get him in the flow, let him play, and let him realize he doesn't have to make the play to win the game. Okay, It will naturally happen within the offense. It might be his play to make. It might be a, a handoff to a running back. It might be a, a block that the, the left tackle makes picking up a blitz, and he's able to get it off. All of that goes together. So they all need to realize that every – person's important in that situation. Everybody under pressure has to perform, um, not just one guy. So uh, I, think, I think he understands that, but you don't nitpick with him on it. Um, you just set it all up, put him in the best situations to go, and um, he'll make more of his share than he won't. Anyone else? Any other questions? And I'll ask the obvious one. I've been here 33 years. I cannot recall having upwards of 15 commitments this early. Could you speak to as to why, in particular, what effects in your first full recruiting cycle the facilities have had on that? Okay. Of course, I can't mention any names. You're trying to trap me, Dave. No. So, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the, um, yeah, I think it, it's, it's been a process. You know, we've been out there recruiting for, you know, we're going, we've been out for basically three and a half years recruiting. Um, so we have really three full classes in, three and a half full classes, so to speak, because everything was halfway done when I got here. We just kind of scraped it up the first year. Uh, we got some good players that, that last spring, uh, that last part, in, in two and a half weeks of recruiting, we got a couple few good players that y'all have talked about in here that are, are pretty special guys. Uh, but the, I think the thing that uh, has helped us the most is we revamped our recruiting office. And uh, when I first got here, they didn't have that. Uh, we didn't have the resources for it. That's what I wanted to do. And uh, Rick and I talked about it in depth uh, about 22 months ago. And he, he got the resources. He went out and raised it. He's a phenomenal fundraiser. He, he, he tremendously backs us and what we do. He understands it. He gets it. And so when we revamped that and we went from one person in our recruiting office to seven, uh, makes a big difference. And, uh, and then our coaches have done a great job 
the other side of it is when the young men get here on this campus and they see this facility along with the most beautiful campus in America, it's not me just saying that, it's been voted that a bunch of times. Um, when they go down on Pearl Street and see Pearl Street and enjoy all that, I think that uh, that kind of puts the icing on the cake. Uh, but when you walk into a $156 million football complex that uh, um, they've never seen anything like it before um, also makes it special. So I think it's a combination of all of it, but uh, um, I think the process has gone and that's why you're seeing all of this. And uh, as we have more success on the football this year, football field this year, it had even jumped to another level. So uh, I'm excited where we're headed and where we're going and let's just go have a good season, right? Last chance, any follow-up? Got a couple of one-on-ones for them. Players should be arriving here in about five minutes, so stretch your legs, have some lemonade or tea. Thank All right, you. thank you. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Coach. Thank you. Coach.